Hey, everybody, I'm Andy Weinberg, and welcome to episode 85 of the David Osikin and In the Pocket podcast. Getting up there. We are getting up there. Yes, we are. 85, that was a great year for the Hooters. That was a year Nervous uh, Night came a, out. That, that was, was a good year. We uh, <laughs> made some money that yes, year. Yes, you did. Well, actually, I didn't make any money that year. I didn't see it until, like, like, last year. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you made money. It just took a while yeah, to get to it. You right. played a, a little concert that year, uh, some Live Aid, something yeah, like that. that was some some that was small good, little event you guys played that year. Day. Hey, anyway, we're it's, it's miserable outside, but it's beautiful here in the Wildfire Radio Studios in Woodbury, New Jersey. Every week we come in, it's looking more and more... Uh, upscale. And he's and, got it going on, man. I went in that control room and all the screens up and everything. It looks great. We're on video. It's I, really I, good. Anybody yep. watching yep. us on video right yeah. now? Dave looking good as always. Well, I got my and it's just vinyl. It looks like leather, but it's really vinyl. I've noticed, Dave. You and I are both wearing. And I wore my green because I, we're, yesterday we're both was wearing green. But I, mine is coincidence. You obviously planned it. But, uh, well, uh, I felt bad that I didn't get to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, so I. Put so here we are. On. So Dave and I are both in green. We normally record on Wednesday. We're recording on Thursday this week. Because we tax have day. <laughs> yes, for right. me. You were busy, <laughs> busy with your accountant. I, yeah. I don't. I'm sure that was a depressing no, conversation. Actually, I, good for me this year, but it, it could have been really bad. But I. That's another story. That's another show. <laughs> well, we should get to this show because we have a guest. It's going to be a lot of fun the next hour or so. We have on the line from his uh, home in Northeast Philadelphia. His name is Rick Crenitti. He is a beloved Philadelphia musician, guitar player, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist. Andy, Andy, when, I, when I was, a, I mean, I, I first saw Rick like in 1973. And I was talking to him on the phone. And I told him, I said, when my friends and I would cross the Burlington Bristol Bridge to go see him play with uh, and it's Tony Santora's birthday today who was another great guitar player he played with but I remember and I saw them in, in different bands but I saw them play together and um it was like well you know we were like uh I, I didn't really even even use the word geek back then but geeking over guitars and instrument and it was like what guitar is Rick playing tonight and Tony played great guitars too but Rick always had the best gear you know and i don't even think he was really a gearhead but he just knew you know and because he always sounded great but we were always like what's he gonna play what's he playing you know so we were we were big we were like rick crinity groupies well i think there's a lot of yeah. you a lot of you yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna get into all that with rick in just a moment well uh, i just find your boobs now or something. <laughs> hold on rick we're gonna well, get I'll this right here. <laughs> i'll be over hold on right. here you go. Well, well rick's on the line we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna get i i, I told you it's going to be a fun hour. It yeah, is absolutely going indeed, to be a fun hour. Indeed. We're going to get to Rick in just a minute. I want to mention that we're brought to you again this week by our great friend Eric Metz at Croker Percussion. That's, That's great stuff. CrokerPercussion.com. That's C-R-O-A-K-E-R Percussion.com. Yeah. They are dedicated to creating quality handcrafted percussion instruments with superior sound quality and unmatched craftsmanship. Check them out on the web. CrokerPercussion.com. You can see all the stuff Eric has. Or give him a call. 215-669-8588. Also want to mention again our friends at the School of Rock Mainline in Berwyn, Pennsylvania, uh, taking young musicians and and training them and 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 having them play all this really cool music with cool teachers yeah. and on on in real stages. It's it's great stuff. Dave's a teacher over there. They, uh, they, last night I walked by. I was giving some drum lessons and I noticed they were uh, they were doing a women in rock show and they were kicking ass, man. I mean, just really, it was really great. 
It's, it's amazing the level of talent that some of these yeah. kids have, and that's partially because of the instruction they get at School of Rock. They're all over the country. We're brought to you specifically by the one in Berwyn, Pennsylvania. Well, we didn't have that stuff when we were growing up, man. <laughs> we did not have stages, PAs, yeah. and like, you know, uh, next thing you know, they're going to have in-ears. I mean, it's just crazy, man. Well, anyway, crazy. give them, a, you check them out on the web, schoolofrock.com. Look up the one in uh, Mainline, uh, Philadelphia, and Berwyn. Berwyn. Uh, the number is 610-647-2900. Also didn't mention at the top of the show, as always, our producer Taylor uh, working working the, 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 all the gadgets for us, and uh, Taylor uh, re- Mr. Fader readjusted Mr. his schedule this week so we could record thank on you, Thursday Taylor. instead of Wednesday. So thank you, as always, to Taylor. All right, as I said, we have on the line the great Rick Crenitti. You might know him from Cinderella. You might know him from Lecompte. You might know him from uh, the Black Eyed Susan. Uh, you might know him from a bunch of bands. And Dave has known I, him. I, Dave I knew has him. known him since 1973. I knew when he was in Rage. They were the Rage, and it was like, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Rick. It's a real pleasure to have you on, Rick. Man, good. I, wow, I wish I could, uh, Rick. I wish I could see. I wish you were here so I could just see you and give you a hug. But, but uh, uh, we're we're because of COVID we got these restrictions but i think soon we're gonna we're gonna be able to have guests in here because the studio is cool and maybe uh you yeah, know we'll, we'll have you come back again and maybe even play man because i mean we, like i said and this is no bullshit man we were we were, we were all big big fans of yours and 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 over the years just to see that you i mean you're you're a lifer like me and 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 you've always you know music has been your it's been your life, you you know, you, you, you guitars and, and, and making rock and roll. And um, I was always happy to see it because I knew a lot of guys that, you know, eventually they either fell by the wayside or, you know, like when I listened to um, the Monkey Shine shit show, I was really happy to hear how how great it is you know so nothing's like hearing a, a, somebody that you've you've admired and then you get the record and they're making a solo record and it's as good as it is so congratulations to you my friend it's really good thank good you, stuff thank you. good stuff man i am uh, trying to get into the marketing phase <laughs> i yeah. laid down on the job there for a while yeah I'm just starting to try to get that motor going, you know? Yeah. Well, I, 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 you know, after we did, I mean, I'd love to talk to you about it because I think it's really good. I think, um, it, you know, there's ways to get it heard even more, you know, but I, I, I'm just so glad that we got a chance to, to listen to it and check it out. And our, our people that listen to our podcast are going to be able to um, check it out as well. Well, well, we're talking about the, it's called monkey shine shit show. It's, I guess this is your Technically, your first solo album, Rick. Is that uh, is that correct? After yeah, all these years, yeah, you'd have to say that. Yeah. yeah, you'd have to say that because I got so it was it's tiring trying to get good talent to yeah. organize to do any kind of project, especially True. if there's no work or no money. Yeah. So, kind of like luckily when I first when I went to college, I went for music, which was cool. But I went for two years and joined this band, and they needed a bass player, so I had two years in on playing bass. So. Early on, I got to recognize that the notes are the same, but an octave lower, but yeah. you have to play like a bass player. And, you, you know, yeah. it was a whole experience, which yeah. was, I was really grateful for yeah. for this record because the bass parts kind of stand up on their own pretty well, too. You know? They do. So, yes, you know? they do. So they do. They it's so not great. much of a stretch to say like, I can sing and play guitar, which is what I always did. So, yeah. I mean, the rest of it just seems like... Yeah. I, I, so did you? Did you play? You played everything on this except for drums? 
Rick, is that the... Everything except for drums, yeah. And yeah. the drums sound great. I, I mean, yep. I, I, I listened on my phone, and then I my, my I like to listen in my car. So when I was in my car, Me I too. put it on, and I was like, oh, and, and the drum sounds are great, and it sounds great, and it sounds... It just sounds like you're in the room together. So, I mean, to me, that's that's the tell, you know? So, it, it, mm-hmm. you know, for my ears, it just felt good to listen to, and... You know, well, again, it, it's it, good, it, a good record. It's great record. Lance, Lance Walter did a hell of a job yeah, putting the good. drum part together. He's and great. I mean, I never worked doing it that way. Yeah. So we started out. I'm going, dude, don't you want to learn the parts? He said, ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we just like hacked away through the thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's how I the, I learned how you make a loop. And, yeah. and just we were really collaborative on some right, of the drum right, stuff. Right. But I actually got to put in ideas and yeah. because you're. Yeah, it was, it was a really enjoyable experience, right, I'll tell right, you that. Right. Did, okay. And it went fast. We were, we were getting a song a week done, practically. When did you... Yeah, I that, like was curious done. when you recorded it. That's what, like, the record, like, did you, like, was this over the years or just something, a project? You said, okay, I'm going to no, go work no, with no, Lance. This was, yeah, the timeline went, like, all through 2018 is when we started. Uh-huh. And then it went into 2019, and I was done but i had like 23 songs at that point nice. and i kind of had i wanted to whittle it down and uh some of the so i got what i wound up what i wound up with on there and there's some i can even go back and take out from there that are still done yeah but the uh covid stuff came and then the digital stuff came <laughs> so right, for right. me it was like trying to do the record company's job was i just was never in that chair before so yeah. Having to go through all the steps just to get it to be on the, you know, Amazon on demand or yeah. iTunes. For me, it was just a pain in the ass. The work was very dry, and you know, yeah. so it took some time to get the, all that stuff done because, I, as I said, I wasn't self sufficient enough to just burn through it like I was burning through songs. But, right, right. But yeah. you have eighteen songs, so that means so, you have a second album. You really do have a, you have another album on the shelf, really, if you wanted. So you got this one yeah, in the yeah, track. Basically, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I was, I'm, yeah, I'm working on stuff that's new, so I can do the same thing I did with this, sort of have more than I need and yeah. take what I want. Yeah. Well, let's. The, the album is called, as we said, Monkey Shine Shit Show. You can find it on iTunes, Amazon. It's a ten track album. Uh, it's old school in that all the songs are like under three minutes. It's like it I love you, that. Yeah, it's like I yeah, love yeah, that. Yeah, you know, like quick yeah. hit you. They, yeah. they, they, they all grab Enough you. Enough already. I mean, I'm like, I listen, I, you know, what's weird. I, I love that concept. Because, and the Beatles had it down because, you know, in early day, days, yep. you know, it was like under three minute songs. And sometimes yep. you got so yep. you, you're not saying, I mean, as a listener, <laughs> we're all impatient, man. What's great about Rick's record is you put it on, you get to it, you get to the meat of it. It was okay. And then you're on to the next one. I love that about this record. And uh, it, it's like following a, following a formula and each record, you're not bored at the end of the album you know it's like either it just gets in and out and it's really cool it is cool well, let's yeah. give people a taste well, you just, rick you want to want to play you something from it? Nailed it there yeah beatles that's exactly the concept it was like people's attention span are short yeah. and i wanted to keep this interest or uh, in, listener interested enough yeah and yeah like the overall arcing songs i tried to put some good stuff in the middle so it wasn't like here's the filler you know what I mean? yeah well there's no so, filler there's yeah. no i listened to the whole thing this morning rick there's no filler i mean it's it, it's all cool. yeah. it's all fun. let's start with uh, the track i am this is the second song on the record um this is okay. i am from rick's uh, rick crinitti monkey shine shit show thank you joe yep
That's great. Cool. It's Rick, yeah. Rick it, you know, it's like um, it, you, when your your songs have this humor to them that it's kind of like Joe Walsh in the early days. Joe Walsh, and, and, and even like, you know, the, the vocal thing has reminds me of Joe a little bit because the, the, the way you kind of sit back on the vocal, you know, it's really clever and just, I, I just dig it. I love the way it's recorded. Um, and that, that song, that was the first one that like now, like I'm into the album, but that was the first one that hit me. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, good. Good. It's like, yeah, I put that number two. Yeah. A lot of songs, two, three songs I'd say I added just for weight. I wasn't necessarily concerned with the song quality, even yeah. though it's the same type, simple song arrangement. Yeah. I just wanted to have some sort of heavier songs in there because yeah. it's so out of the influence. Yeah. You know? It's good. I like that you... Kind of those skew poppy kind of yeah. like with the vocals. I, I like that you so gave. Th- get- I, I like that you gave thought to sequence because in this day and age where everybody just streams individual songs or downloads, people you know, the younger people don't give a crap about like, you know have the order of an album anymore. They don't even give a fuck about albums. It's just you know they just right. want the individual songs. But I like that I you kind of considered because to me, I you know I love the idea. I still love the, the idea of an album and listening to an album in order. Yeah. Um, so I, I love that you kind of considered the sequence when you uh, put this together. Yeah, it's good. Really, it's only, it's only a twenty-six minute runtime too, which is kind of. Pr- I'm proud of the fact that you find it. It's like under a half an hour. I mean, right. that's if that doesn't fit the short attention span yeah. thing, I don't know yeah. what does. You know. Yeah. Do you ever think about putting out putting it out on vinyl? Uh, of course, I was just. I'm trying to get the CD. I got like a box of CDs, yeah, but yeah. I have no mechanism in place yet to move them because. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I people want the CDs a lot more than they, like, you know. I certainly want the Jackie Bam Bam. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, a few people around that yeah. I knew that were friends yeah. of mine. And, yeah. So, you know, but I have to get more. I have to get some more. Yeah. I have to re up on them and get a mechanism, a digital yeah. mechanism to take orders. And yeah. I'm just starting to get into that uh, I'm glad. Of it now. Yeah, I'm glad you are cuz it, it, it's it's great. And I think you know people like this album a lot. So I think that you know I mentioned vinyl because it's becoming such a I was just uh-huh. I was out west and I was in a record store in the west coast and I was talking to the owner and it just you know uh, people want to hold that album in their hand. I mean it's you know again we have the digital mm-hmm. market cuz our phone but then there's people with the there's, you know, when we get back, which we're getting back to people with disposable you income. experiences of when we were younger, when yeah. you buy an album and read all the oh liners. My, yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. pour over it and pour over it and yeah. pour over it. Yeah. You know, yeah. definitely vinyl is something I'm glad to hear is making yeah. a comeback. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool thing. This would be a great record on vinyl. This would be really, really cool. But I, we'll talk about no, that. I'm totally I, up yeah. for that concept. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend okay, that just so created a plan. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was saying, I got a friend that has a, is just about to, has got a record, has a recording, uh, a a vinyl plant that they're starting to do things after the 1st of April, which I'm going to talk to you about at some point, because I think that you know him and I think he would love to help you. So at some point we, we should uh, talk about that because again, I love, I'd like to have this record on vinyl. So it's kind of a selfish thing on my part. Yeah. Yeah. I have one I can send over to you. Good. Cool. Hey, Rick, I, I always like to go back to the beginning with our guests. How old were you when you first picked up a guitar? 
Well, I started really my, my my whole seed of wanting to play guitar. I can remember it really clear. I was 12 years old, and my grandmother gave me Rubber Soul and Revolver. Oh, so that's this a, is like that's a cool grandmother. Yeah, it's over then. I yeah, know. Tell me about it. Well, yeah. Everybody was musicians on both sides of the family. Yeah. And she was a piano but like my mom, everybody, everybody yeah. was around was a yeah. musician. Yeah. So I kind of bypassed the early Beatles stuff because I was still so young, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then by the time they got to Rub, which is just right before Sgt. Pepper and all yeah. the rest of the stuff they did in studio. Yeah. And when I heard those two records, it was, there was no looking back. I was just like, man. This I'm, is in. Like, I'm in. I'm in. Right, that and Cardi B. That that's another <laughs> thing that really is. Like, come on, Cardi B. What can you say? That's Cardi B moved you to this latest record, right? That's what happened with Cardi B, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it was an inspirational thing. I got the vibes. The nails were so long; they reached my house. I was like, yep. uh, "No, love you, girlfriend. Just kidding. Don't want to start a tech war." <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if, if Cardi B's listening to this podcast right now, Dave, we're doing something right. Uh, damn right. Damn right. Damn right. Damn, but we got Rick. You'll be hearing, we you got, you'll, you'll be, yeah, you'll be we, hearing from my lawyer. We got the great Rick Cornetti, so we're fucking rocking. Hey, Rick, real quick thing. He asked you about you first starting guitar. Today is Tony's birthday, our our friend Tony Santora's birthday, which was a, yeah. well, you're, you're a good friend who I used to see you play with that I saw that you had a, you had, I posted his guitar and we were talking about him the other day. I, you know, Tony was always just, you know, later on, like I'd see him playing and became a, a close friend. And um, I don't know if I ever told you, but I don't know if ever told, uh, Tony ever told you, they say he met, we met at the, um, I, you know, him and I went to the Monsters of Rock together, right? And we went to see, I think, Van Halen and something. Like, and I got to bring up Frank Barcelona, which I'm sure you met later with Cinderella, was a friend of mine. So he mm -hmm. said, Dave, you want to go on stage? And I said, oh, of course. And Tony was like, really? We brought Tony on stage like to, to watch Van Halen play? And it was to, to watch how happy he was up there, man. You know, Tony, that goofy laugh he used to have? I remember he was oh, like laughing. Sure. Oh, he was the best. But, man... I'm telling you, when I, I drug him out on the road in, yeah. when I was out there. Oh, and, you uh, did? Oh, debauchery, right? Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God, Tony. Oh, my oh, God. My. Yeah, he was pulling. He, he, Oh, you did! All right, I'm proud of you, son. You done good. <laughs> <laughs> he was man. You know uh, what? A, what a what a great guy. Great great musician. Great guitar. Oh, I nobody mean, has nothing bad to say about him. Nothing. You know I mean? Nothing. I mean, uh, when when I mentioned his name uh, on, on social media, people went nuts. But I got to tell you, I remember uh, one time. I, I and it, it's like it's like it's yesterday. Yesterday, and I've been, you know, I, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I've seen great guitar players, and I've been around great guitar players, and it. But I, I, it's like in my head, and maybe it's one of the first times I've seen two guitars, guitar players playing unison and playing harmony. When you guys uh, went, we never did that. We played, we played away from each other. Yeah, that was the secret of how it, it, was it, it But it was great when you guys did like um, with, with humble pie stuff. I mean, or you played anything mm -hmm. like that. Oh my god. It was so amazing. Oh, I got to tell you something that's interesting about that situation. Yeah, like, I met him, and he was walking down the street with, like, a brown Gibson case, you know? And I said, hey, brother, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you got? got in that Les Paul case? Yeah, my man, you know? So, like, 
<laughs> he breaks it open and he has that TV Junior, which yeah. I actually have one of those. Oh, freaky. shit. Wow. So, um, yeah, that TV Yellow. The re- so, at any rate, we started. And the two weeks later, I was in this band in Lewisburg with him. And all four wow. of us sang. And it was like, oh, it was you kid, played you know? it. You so played in Lewisburg? Listen, I, I come to find out that my dad, who's a horn player and played all around, we used to work with his his dad that was a comedian. Oh, so they right. each other for decades. Oh, my God. So it's like we start working together, and it's oh. like it's a second generation. And oh. It was pretty yeah, it was pretty long. It, was, it had deep roots, you know what I mean? Oh, my God. You're not kidding. I mean, like, because I heard stories from, like, Tony would tell me about his dad, and people that, that knew his dad would tell me about that, and then we talked. And, funny, uh, funny fucker, man. Oh, my God. Funny shit. And that's I mean, where he got it. He was a comedian, too, uh, man. And that was, like, Max was a guitar player, yes. and he just kept that comedy coming, kept yeah. it coming. And it was, like, <laughs> and it was smart. And I was funnier <laughs> then, too, because I had to compete with that, you know? I had to... Stay up with that. So, and, uh, Tony, Tony would tell the funniest stories, and I can't mention any names, but I, I'm going to bring this in. This is a little X-rated. But so Tony's kind of having this fling, kind of fucking around. He's had this thing with this girl. Uh, uh, she was married. And, uh, and, 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 and the husband came home and, and, and caught them together. And Tony thought he was going to get the shit beat out. Like, uh-oh. And he said the husband walked up to them and punched the woman in the stomach. Now, this is going, it's not a funny, I mean, it's terrible. But, I mean, it didn't hurt no, him. No, I get it. Uh, but, but he told it was it, a different time. It was a then. different time. But Tony tells his story. And I remember I was, the way he told it, he was like, I'm, th- I'm thinking I'm going to get, like, punched her, smacked and he, smacked, he smacks the wife. And it was like, oh, that's my funny. God. I know that's like that's probably going to get me in trouble telling that story. But, you know, that was Tony Santoro, man. It was like, oh, rest dude, in dude, peace. I, Rick, I, you I, know I, what I, I mean? I, Unbelievable. I these podcasts. It would take two of these podcasts to run down the mayhem that when we were oh. when we did in those years. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Unforgettable but, stuff. But, Unforgettable. And I say that with, yeah, the, with the, the deepest part, affection. The music part was great. What's that? We could play, like I said that earlier, we played, that was the thing. I had two people I could play with, Buddy Cash. Yeah. He could sing and play bass. Yes. And it was like an instant band. Right. And then Tony, where yeah. it was like he could sing, he could play guitar, he brought a whole different view or different lens to any piece of music we were working on, which right. was totally cool. Yeah. And it was always like, I would have never thought to have done that. I never would have thought to have done that. Yeah. And then we also just knew how to stay out of each other's way or play play far afield or create a scene against the guitar so you're not just you know it makes the track wider and it's just so much more musical yeah it even dates back to the essence of classical music has yeah. that going on two yeah. separate scenes you know? yeah uh, he was he he was great, and I I, and I remember because uh, I loved your drummer too. I loved Howard Goodman. I loved his drumming. I remember going to see him because I not that he was like technically great, but he rocked. And I remember yeah, he had a bottom ass thing going on. And I and I and, and one thing he looked so much like Corky Lang. I remember that it was like he looked just like Corky <laughs> Lang a mountain, and he had these faces, and he would do it was just. Oh, the great times, you know, going back. But but you had a you had no, a, a real thing, man. 
So now we're strolling down. Who gives a fuck memory lane, right? Yeah. Well, that's what this show is, 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 is memory lane. Yeah. And I know some of our listeners are going to want to know about your experiences with Cinderella. Um, which, how did oh, you, yeah, yeah. I mean, how did you, you, you were with them for, I guess, 86 to 90, um, kind of like the, uno, mm-hmm. the unofficial fifth member. I mean, you were never an official member of the band, but you yeah. were, I mean, you were yep. right there for, you know, for that ride. How, how'd you, uh, how'd you start up with those guys? Well, it's pretty simple. We were we were at the Galaxy Club, yeah. and I used to play there in a, a previous band, Prowler, and we and the club owner hated Freddie Baker for the amount of money he had to pay us. Right, <laughs> so that band just disbanded on its own, and I went to the Galaxy. I said, "Well, here's an ally. Let me see what I can get with this." I said, "Look, I'll play because I had a couple of guys from the band left over." I said, "We'll play in your club for really reasonable." Just let us rehearse upstairs. So I started doing that, you know? Yeah. And we had a singer. We had this guy, Steve Richter, who was like the, oh, yeah. one of the first Zeppelin to yeah, go around that yeah. was good at it. And we were doing a lot of period, you know, cover stuff. But it sounded really good because me and Buddy were coming in on the yeah. backup vocals. So yeah. we had like, it was really powerful vocals. And so it was, it was basically a club band. So he didn't come to rehearsals, but we were there every night. So we started practicing original songs during the course of the week. And then the singer quit. So then what we did was, okay, let's just go downstairs and do the gig like we normally would. Just put two bands in front of us. And that was kind of like the birth of the original, you know, galaxy transition. Yeah. And then Cinderella, and we were like the house band. So Cinderella came after that point, yeah. and they were rehearsing in the room next to ours. Right. So that's kind of like would see us play. I'd see them play back and forth right. and they would rehearse there. And sometimes I would talk to them at rehearsal. And, and at the end when they needed like another voice and they needed the keyboard parts, right. it was kind of like, yeah, I can, I can do that. I never really <laughs> thought of it like it was going to go anywhere. Cause it was like, it was just at the exception of it. And, yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden we were, we're doing great stuff. Massive. But the irony for me was like, I wasn't, I wasn't like, a, that wasn't my major. So here I am, 20,000 people are out there. And I looked down and my hands are on the keyboard. I'm going, what? Yeah. You know, it was, <laughs> that it was, was a, odd. a disconnect. There was a big disconnect because yeah. I'm not out there sweating and playing and doing what I, you know, did to, to get yeah. to that point. But preparation needs opportunity. Yeah. So the opportunity was there. And all the rock star stuff that was, Everybody hears about, uh, yeah, definitely all it's there. It's all there, <laughs> and I sucked the crap out of all of it because it was like, give us a story, yeah. Rick. Give us, give, I hear give, you. give us a story. Give, just pick one. All right, well, let me think. You want to talk about drugs, sex, or rock and roll? Uh, all <laughs> of the above? <laughs> all right, well. It was the late 80s. It was a lot of cool. It was, yeah, it was, the, was, the roar in the 80s is it'll become the new yeah. or something. It was just, there was like a lot, I met a lot of famous people. We got to play with a lot yeah. of famous people. And it was, it was, that part was really cool. And my father used to work and play with a lot of famous people too. Like, so he said, just people are people. And you just, and yeah. I always had that grained in my head since I was a little kid. So right. I had some really good hangs. Yeah, I bet. And um, I don't know, there's lots of stories. One of the good ones is that Moscow Peace Festival airplane. Oh, ride yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. I heard a little charter. bit about that. Right. Yeah, and, and like MTV's on the plane. We're right. going to Russia, and it's still communist Russia. Right. And um, it was just like all these bands. Like, right. Like, it was uh, Bon Jovi, Motley Crue, Ozzy. And <laughs> They're Halo. all on the same plane. Yeah, no wow. civilians. It really, <laughs> right. You know? Wow. So, 
Yeah, so that was kind of like super fun. And then I remember he's a butler getting up and trying to get a drink, and Ozzy was like sitting in the next row back, but over my left shoulder. And he was like, and he's a butler gets up and tries to pour himself a drink, and all of a sudden he's like, the next thing you know, somehow he, him, him and the drink cart are tumbling down the aisle. Like, <laughs> so, and, Ozzy's like, oh, I can't take him anywhere, you know. <laughs> <laughs> of the world yeah. uh, thing that was around a lot then. Yeah. Um, so I was sitting in a room with two guys from two super really huge bands. Right. And, um, and they had some blow. They had right. a bad, bad blow. So right. I'm like, I don't know, like doing that tonight. You know, so I'm like, okay, I'll just sit here and like talk to them because they're like interesting. <laughs> right. And it was funny how I was sitting there straight and I watched them to devolve into the, the same Mush. idiot that everybody else is when they get all jacked up. <laughs> Isn't you know? that great? Oh, like, my God. I've been there before with that. That's funny, man. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, it's like the coke follows you. They solve the problems of the world and then tomorrow they don't do shit about nothing. You know? Oh, and they can't get out of bed. <laughs> Oh my God! Yo, that plane ride must Hell's have been. Angels. I sat in a I sat in a limo with the Hell's Angels, and boy, we talk about a bag of blow. Those guys whipped out a suitcase of shit that was like, yeah. And it was like they put a pile, they put a pile, and they sent that shit around and got to me. And I'm sitting in the dark because we're in this weird long last limo with all these bikers. <laughs> and I go like, oh. and I think this honking big shit, right? And all of a sudden, the, the guy starts laughing. He goes, dude, you did the pile. <laughs> I realized it at the time. I'm thinking, Chris, my heart's going to explode. Oh, man. You know? uh, and I'm starting to sweat. Uh, like oh, I'm my sweating. God. Oh, you're lucky you're alive. Oh, Rick. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. That one time. Okay, and one time we were playing somewhere because all you know it is it blows together sometimes, especially if you do it in a row. And then Duff from like Dungeon Roses comes up because he always knew I had like the good guns. Right. So it was just him and his roadie. He just got me that guy. I said, yeah, yeah. So sort of they're rolling up. So we, we and uh, luckily we went on, we went on their bus. So <laughs> because so um, then the him and his crew dude that he was with. And, and he must have been drinking or something because we passed that thing around a couple of times. And all of a sudden, he got this look on his face and just like projectile vomited onto the wall. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I said, dude, I'll see. You. I got to get out of here. You can deal with that later. It's like, but yeah, oh, that was like the stuff that stuck in my brain that was kind of unusual. But Sam Kinison got to hang out with him oh, in his house. And you did? At his house? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I was trying to get it. Well, he was supposed to do the the Cinderella video, which yes. by Bon Jovi and right, Richie right. Sambora. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and he and he was notorious, and he backed out the day of. So oh, yeah. they pasted that version together. And then I realized, well, every time you stick your neck out a little bit, if it doesn't work out, you get the blame. <laughs> So, yeah, they were like, oh, we didn't get the... But, yes, he finally did somebody's video. Everybody was trying to get him in a video right. at the time. Oh, right. He was huge then. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. huge, yeah. Yeah. Funny guy. Yeah, uh, funny yeah, guy, he, man. Yes. He did this bit in San Francisco because we were either playing there or we had a day off there. So, anyway, I wanted to be at a club there. He goes, look, 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 watch from back to the stage. There's this little step stair thing that led onto the stage. So, I'm sitting there by myself, like, like in defilade, sort of, like my eyes above the, the floor of the stage, right? And he goes, no, you got to sit here. Trust me, trust me, trust me. And it was like he's just breaking out that bit where he's in the morgue and he's, it's like in a necrophiliac starts boning. He goes, well, I guess I'm going to go meet my mates. And he goes, what's, what's going on? 
survived them i mean that's like the the big thing there are a lot of guys that you know did not and you know and they're you know you, you survived rick and yeah. you're and doing in, great and in addition yeah, in, in addition to touring with cinderella you you played on on long cold winter right i mean you're all over that album on keyboards yeah, right yeah, yeah. Was from, yeah from beginning to end that was a do, do we want to hear some Cinderella? Do we want to hear a little Cinderella? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hear let's a little go, of uh, uh, Rick's work from uh, Cinderella. Rick, what do you want to hear? We got uh, the three singles. We got uh, uh, Gypsy Road, Don't Know What You Got, and uh, Coming Home. What, what, what do you want us to play? I don't know. I have to take a week anyway. Just pick one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You probably just say just pick one. <laughs> I guess Coming Home, I haven't heard that in a long time. Let's you know? play that. All right, yeah. Yeah, Taylor, let's hear a little of Coming Home from Cinderella featuring Rick Crenetti on keyboards. Takes you back. Brings you back, Takes man. You back. It's great. I love that. I can hear my voice on that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also played some guitar on that tune, too. But oh, cool. You won't see that on the, you won't see that on the album. Uh, it's a shame. Hey, did, did, was um was that Danny Carmasi playing drums on that? Did yeah, they had, we had a Timothy Powell. Yeah. Well, I was, I was fucking out of my mind because I'm a Jeff Beck. Yeah, me too. Mad, me too. So. When I heard that, I was and like, oh. 
Yeah, we're going to cross the street. And we got to go to eat with him. And I was also hanging around with Mick Ronson at the time because I oh, knew him from like way before. Yeah. My, buddy, my buddy used to work up at Bearsville, yeah. George Cornell. Right, I knew George. So we had hung yeah. out before. Yeah. And then by the time we wound up being up there recording, he was still around somehow. Yeah. And it was like, so it was like, uh, we're at dinner with like Andy Johns and, right. and Mick Ronson and Cozy yeah. Powell. Right. And I'm hearing all the stories about the Stones or yeah. Yeah, just whatever more stories they were telling. It was all great, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then they had the guy from Heart, Danny Carmassi, played yes. the tracks, but Cozy yeah. played most of it. Oh, know? okay. I thought that it sounded to me, it, I, you know, he could do, but it's uh, the way Denny, you know, I know that whoever was engineer and had a lot to do, but I, I just, to me, I just thought that was Denny playing on that one. But that, that's a, it's a uh, quick it could way. be. Yeah. I believe me, I, you would know better yeah, than I would yeah, on that front. Denny. Was there, uh, was there ever talk, Rick, of you becoming an official member of the band, or was that ever discussed, or? Nah, the die was cast. It was more like uh, when I went up doing that Black Eyed Susan thing. That was because when all the Britney Fox stuff was going on with them internally, yeah. right. I was I was getting uh, phone calls from Dean like, "Yeah, you got to make our next record with us." So I was <laughs> like, "Okay, you know, <laughs> like do that again, you know, Rick." <laughs> okay, just signed. I'm, yeah. I'll be a guitar player. I don't have right. to play keyboard. It was like an attractive idea at the time. Yeah. yeah. So instead, he just quit, and they went on without him. And it was kind of like, "Okay, I'll just stay here." And then he was off, but then it evolved back into I was waiting for them to finish doing Heartbreak Station because I only got to play like four songs on that. Right. And I was sitting around. So so he's making this record. We had a spec deal down at stu- excuse me, Studio 4 downtown. And it was the weirdest thing. Man. We were recording. We weren't even done recording it. And there had been three labels down like offering us deals. And right. it was really cool because it's like, I knew there was going to be a deal, and I figured, okay, I'll be in a higher chair, and right. I won't be so much, you know, fit the fifth man on a four-man raft over right. there. You yeah, know? right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, I was kind of like, I kind of wanted to put myself back to where I, where I was comfortable with what I learned to do what my you whole did. life, you know? So. And that was with Tony, too. Yeah. Tony, yeah. Tony was in the You know what? I rolled the dice, and I lost, though. That was kind of like I shot myself in the foot. We got like a million, too. I got 40 bucks. <laughs> 40,000 out of that, all that money. Yeah, no, literally. I mean, so that—that I mean, that sticks in your brain. That's you know, it's like, damn, man. It's like. Yeah. Close, but get so far. Yeah. For, for people who don't know, Rick's talking about Black Eyed Susan, which was a band short-lived in the early '90s, and it was a good band. And yeah. Of course, it was Rick. started by by. Yeah, Rick's not bad. Yeah. No. Uh, Dizzy Dean Davidson, of course, from Britney Fox, started it, and uh, Rick played guitar, and um, yeah, you guys had. I mean, Tony, it's, Tony. to Tony, right? Tony played guitar too. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's it was a pretty cool band. They had the the one album on Mercury Records, uh, Electric. Uh, Rattlebone. Rattlebone, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was good stuff. We have actually this, a song from it, and uh, it's a long song, so we're not going to play all five minutes, but uh, this was actually featured on the closing credits of um, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Oh, no shit. The, the song's Ride With Me. Uh, uh, it, it, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's a cool song. It should be more well-known. Let's play a little of it. This is from Black Eyed Susan.
That's we, we, we had to let it go to the guitar solo. We had we had to hear the guitar was, solo. Was yeah. that you and Tony playing on that? That the, the that song? was me. That was my guitar solo. Yeah. The, the, oh, okay. I wasn't sure if it segued into another. By the way, if, if that song had come out like four years earlier, that could have been huge. That's a uh, that's a really good yeah, sounding song. Uh, that, does Dean? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was ninety-one. You got to look at the timeline. Yeah. Ninety-one. Right. Musical. There's musical turnover, and the grunge thing came in hard yeah. on ninety-one. Right. That album came out in ninety-one. It really yeah. wasn't a glam band. It was you know. pretty much a straight-ahead band. Right. You know, there was no. You know, so that but anything that was remotely connected to the the eighties era was that yeah. you couldn't get arrested. Oh so. my god, I, right. I I played on a Soul Kitchen album, which was on Giant Records, and I re I'll tell you, Rick, I remember the, the night um uh, the guy that signed. I think he ended up signing like Dave Matthews or something like that. But the Soul Kitchen record was like they were a lot like uh, um, Black, Black Eyed Susan. Susan. Yeah. And I remember I I, I, we, I went to the you know it was listening because I played drums on the record. And I went to listening party and there was a, a record came out that night that the A and R guy had was by a band called Nirvana. And <laughs> <laughs> I remember the guys yeah. they they put it on and it was like they were excited about the record and the rec Soul Kitchen record. Now I listen to it and I go yeah that still holds up. You just seen the guy's face that's, when they put on Nirvana. It was like, oh my! Yeah. It was like, it was like, yeah. crash. Yeah, he felt it, like Elvis. He yeah. felt like Elvis. Yeah, it's like it's done. It's done. And I felt, yeah. you know, I mean, I was a hired gun on the album, so it wasn't like, you know, I felt bad for the fellas, but I, I, I knew at the time. I said like, oh. There's going to be a change. Yeah, There's the a change. Business, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it was never so apparent so quickly. You know, it was a different ball yep. game. You know, it's like radio overnight mm -hmm. changed, you know. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's nice that record, like uh, th when I listened to that this week, your record, I was like, yeah, the, the uh, Black Eyed Susan record. I say, yeah, that's that's really good. That's it's really good. But, you know, when you're in it and you see that the, the pendulum turn, you know, you go, oh, that that's done. You know, that's done. But yeah. you're playing on the records. Great. Uh, and, and you did one record with them and then moved on. Right. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I wound up playing with Mike Lacan for right. a while, but that yeah. was more like, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a money job as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I was made, you made a record, but it was yeah. really not something I just kind of don't count in my own mind, but right. whatever. You were doing the other stuff where you, you know, cause I, I remember talking to Tony and he was, I mean, he, he, his, his, you know, brief time in that it was a, a, a time of joy for him because he was with you. <laughs> Honestly, that's what he yeah, told me. It was, it was cool. Yeah, there's a video. The politics of that band was screwy, though. It was yeah. just it was screwy. You know, yeah. he wanted he wanted to be uh, well, whatever. I mean, he wanted to copy the Tom Kiefer business model, and I just got out of that. Yeah. So not only did I quit Cinderella to join the band, but I got on back on the same label and with the same manager. It was oh, right, right, right. Right, right. It was hey. weird. It was a weird scenario. But we're in a weird fucking business, you know? It's, it, you know. Exactly. It just comes with the territory. It I mean, does. That's just the fact. That's just the story from my my view of it. Yeah, you yeah. know, it doesn't, everybody else has their own opinion and shit. That yeah. That's oh. my, my, from oh. my perch. That's what I took <laughs> away from. Oh, it, well, I can share stories too. In my long, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've been in the same band for forty fucking years, man, and you know, I could, we could, I could do a week of stories sure. of crazy shit that has gone down. You know, it's like, but you live through it, and then, all, band, yeah. all bands, all 
bands, all yeah. bands, man. It's like the band dynamic was something I got to avoid with making this Monkey Shine shit show. But yeah. if it ever got any traction, I'd have to put a band together yeah. around it anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's definitely playing worthy. It's really cool. Yeah, I mean, Very with cool. the, you know, assuming well, we we are going to get through the you know yeah. through, through the pandemic and live music's going to come of back. Course. I mean, yeah. is there uh, are there plans, uh, Rick, to to put a band together and come out and and, and play these songs live? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I would do it if I could get the three other qualified people. You yeah. know, that would sort of be my view of it. It's yeah. realistic. Yeah, uh, that, that would be my my take. Yeah. Away it's, from it. Plus, I'd have to get some kind of traction, like I said. Because yeah. If there isn't a buzz, if there isn't something going on, nobody. Yeah. The wagon, the bandwagon sits still, but as soon as they hear one little creak on the on uh. the wheel, start to turn, everybody like your <laughs> cats or something. They look up like, "What was that?" You know, like, you know somebody's doing something. You, but you, I did all the work. Let's go over there. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny, but you you struck me as somebody that always kind of were ahead of the curve that understood that about music, even at an early age. That's my like, dad, man. You know, my you dad knew, told me all that. You knew that. Like you were like an 18-year-old yeah. guy that understood that, where other guys are, yeah, it's cool enough to be playing in the bar, drinking the beer, getting the chicks yeah. and doing whatever, but you always had, not that you didn't do that, because I know you did, but <laughs> I, but there was, you. Yeah. I, I always noticed it was always the eye on the prize and I always admired that about you that you you kind of knew like there was something else going on which was great you know so you had two to... different things it was a club band to make money or it was a, 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 a original band to try to get records and music out there right. and there's two different sets of rules right luckily I got to jump the fence yeah the, tr the, the trouble is being able to stay on that side of the fence so <laughs> I had to bounce back and forth yeah you know? yeah well that's but the life is, of a lifer you know that's 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 yeah, exactly. kind of a life for musician. Yes, I mean, I mean, you you, yep. you even say, I mean, I feel lucky like being a drummer, but I, the smartest thing, like creating a session, like I have a little session business now that, you know, I got a studio at my house and, and people, and, and the, the one thing, the one good thing about the digital age is that people are able to mail me tracks and I can send them and, and I can like email them back stuff. Hey, you like this sounds, I mean, that's a cool thing. There's some downsides to it as we both know. But there are some areas where you could, you know, um, you know, make things work out for you, you know. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know yeah, why I got on that. It's a mixed bag. I yeah, mean, yeah. It, only, it engages two of the of five senses as far as I'm concerned. Where, yeah. Like where, when the stuff wasn't as predominant in society, you had to actually be there in person. Yeah. There was something organic and I, I think more enjoyable about that whole thing. Oh, but, yeah. No doubt, man. You like, know? yeah, I, I love, you know, I still to this day, I love the idea of making a record. I love when people get in a room. I just did a, I did a session before I went to Arizona. I did a smash Palace. It was Andy. I did a smash Palace session with, with five great musicians in the room and we cut four tracks live in a great studio. And it was like, did we just do that? And I walked out. I was like, Oh my God, yep. like Mike's, you know, you know, that feel it's just the smell of the room, yes, the sir. smell, the stink. It was great. You know, it's like when yeah, I, the, uh, there's the nothing like it. Online is all you get, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about like the, the experience of like George Carnell, Bearsville. And I'm pretty good friends with Nick Jameson. So I get Nick and I will talk. Nick's living in Iceland these yeah. days. And we talk about those old sessions. Like he, you know, fog hat doing a record and they, 
they cut slow ride and the power went down. Yeah, he was a bass player. Right, right. And the power right. went down. He was producing it too. And the power went down. Oh, and they cool. could and Rick, listen this. They couldn't listen to playback till the next day. But they're all together. You know, they're Lonesome Dave and and, and, and the other Dave and and and, and Roger and they're, and they're all together in that room. You know, that feeling of hanging with musicians. Like, you know, and sometimes shit happens. Sometimes yeah. you get the arguments and fights. But that's the beauty of that, right. man. It's like the afterwards yeah. you're like, you would you know, that is that was our sport. That was our fucking sport, man. It was nothing like it. Yep. And and I, I I miss those days, man. Those days were like, you know, I mean Well nowadays I, I don't remember who it was, but somebody at the Grammys the other night thanked one of their collaborators and then said, I look forward to meeting them. <laughs> I mean, it's, that, that, you know, this yeah. age when you, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that, that's that's yeah, kind of bizarre. Degrees from, from Kevin Bacon or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Degrees of separation. They well, won a Grammy, right? Well, I think well, I think it's the Zoom calls and all gets a little stale, you know. Oh, little, yeah. indeed, it does. You know, not, I mean. You yeah, know, the, you know, the, uh, people that want to get used to the concept of that being a normal, it's like that is not normal. It's not, it goes against like, no. humanity. Yeah, we're meant to connect, man. I mean, that's that. Absolutely. That, that, absolutely. That's it. You know, I mean, as much as I, I, I'm having fun because I'm kind of like learning to navigate this whole digital recording thing. And that's kind of a, you know, a science in itself. And then it takes a while before you get it. But uh, God, I, you know, if I had like, you know, when last Saturday happened. I was like, wow, man. I, you know, because all of a sudden you're playing with a bass player and you're like, oh, I'm trying to make that thing feel like it's we're in the same room together. It was so fucking natural, you know, with you when you're a good player. It's like, oh my God, you know, oh man. But that's yep. those, those were the days, man, you know. Uh, and I, well, I, was you know, not, I was happy to have Lance Walter. He was a good, he was yeah. a good guy for my situation. Oh, he's he good. The empty spot, but yeah. yeah, it worked out really well. Yeah, and it was a very efficient. It was a very streamlined, efficient process. And I like, I love, so I, and kind of- the record, you know, because sometimes you hear people that are doing drums, and they're they and and it doesn't sound like, like I said, what I liked about your record it sounds like. You know, it sounds played. It sounds like you, you, you those, those days that I'm talking about, and that's you yep. know, you made that happen. That's great, man. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I'm very satisfied with that part of it. Yes, you should be. It's good, man. Before we run out of time, we should play something else from the record. Yeah, let's play. Uh, let's play Rock Island from yeah. Monkey Shine Shit Show. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. This sorry, show. sorry, I didn't give Taylor much notice on that one. Hey, does this? Uh, I, I remember. Uh, That's th- all right. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go.
cool. That's cool. That's man. good stuff. Yeah, man. It's it's great record, man. That's good, man. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was like uh, I never I didn't ever do like a falsetto verse before. Yeah. It was kind of like a Prince thing, like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's did. That's good. So I give that a roll. Just kind of stuck. I think it turned out pretty good. You oh, know? yeah, right. very good, very good. It's a very good list. You can get the record on iTunes or Amazon. Yeah. Uh, Monkey Shine Shit Show on demand. On demand. Okay, yeah, anywhere. Amazon on demand. Amazon on demand. All right. Rick, you don't have a website or anything though, right? You need. I mean, there's nowhere. Nah, people... that's the part I got to get. That's what I'm. That's the exact crossroads I'm at right now. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was saying earlier, I have to get that going. Yeah. Ricknitty.com, and then yeah. I can take you know CDs. Yeah. Do you own the domain? Do you own your name? People try to steal uh, our names, Steve. Every everybody who's always trying to steal, like, like, I don't get that, but they try to steal your name. <laughs> it's it's nuts, you know. Make sure you yeah, own your domain. I don't know, well, well, you know, you can you can coach me. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah I, I yeah. want to talk to you about a bunch of stuff, but you know, Rick, I, yeah, I, cool. I got to tell you, it, it, it's an absolute pleasure to hang with you today man because i uh, it's no shit i was telling you man we, we we just love to come watch you play man it was like, and i saw you playing so many di- it, it was, i remember sometimes the great surprise was going out for a beer on a friday night and then going into the bar and then you were playing in guitar in the band because sometimes that would happen so that was cool that was always really cool because you danny twiston well, back in the day man, it was you know true you really and Cobb. like i remember back in the, when i was young you and Cobb playing together hey, you played, these, it was great all these years oh, yeah, later yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great, man. Did the two good keyboard Oh, player. my God. Yeah. Dave, did you? Yeah, we, we, we released that disc. I was like fucking 20 years old or yeah, something. Really that was good. the thing I was referring to earlier when I was playing bass. But You were yeah. good. I remember. See, I, I was shocked because the first time I saw you play, you were playing. I think you might have even been playing bass. And then I saw you play guitar. I said, oh, my God. Did the two of you guys ever share no, a stage? No, did you ever play together? No. no but no. someday. Mm-mm, someday no. we will. Yeah. We'll do something. Yeah, figure it out. We're, we're, yeah, 70 years old, we'll, we'll be fucking rocking. You and me, Rick. <laughs> we'll be I'm doing. liking that idea. <laughs> I got more to think. Yeah, let's do it. Well, this was great, Rick. Yeah. We really we had a lot of fun, and I know. Man, we'll get you back, man, once we get come in the studio and, and do it with us. It'll be a lot of fun. Cool. I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah, and I know a lot of people were very excited you were going to be on Rick, so yeah. I, I think people are going to enjoy this yeah, one. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, indeed. So, Rick, as long th- as you don't get too much hate mail, then that'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think. We're, hey, any kind of mail is good. Any any response yeah. is good. Yeah, even yeah, yeah. I learned from years in the media that even negative response. Well, is good I got to tell you, my story about people... Tony. I may have to look at the edit on that one because I'm not sure if I want that one going out there yet. So we're going to talk yeah, about that. Well, <laughs> you can do that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. discretion. Yeah. Oh, you, Rick! Not you, you, you were great. We were great. Yeah. All right, yeah. thanks, thanks so much, great Rick. Rick thank Rick you, Kernetti. bro. Thank, thank you, Rick. you, man. Not a problem. Anytime, My gentlemen. Man. Talk soon. All right. Terrific. Yeah, a lot, of, lot of a fun. lot of fun. I knew it would be. And you know, it's yeah. uh, one of our more popular episodes. Is it was when we had Buddy Cash yeah. on, and I think Rick's one's going to be just up there too because people like you know the the he's the, a real he's a, he's a real guy. He's not a Philly that guy. Guests are no, no, of but, course, but Rick of course, is, but he's salt of the earth kind of you know. salt of earth of the earth uh, Philly guy and just you know made good and keeps making good and he's just a genuine guy. You, you know, I, I I see how people that I love love him. Yeah. And that's that show tells me a lot, you know. So, super cool guy, fun fun show today. Yeah. I was really looking forward to it. It, it, it was. It was. Uh, yes. I really enjoyed it, Dave. Hey, I want to thank uh, Wildfire Radio and Taylor uh, as always. Want to thank 
uh, School of Rock, Main Line, and Croker Percussion. And uh, get your shots. Yeah, well, you already are. You already. I'm, yeah, I got yeah, vaccinated. Yeah. I got them both. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm good to go. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm still being careful because I don't want to protect people from me. Right. Yeah. But anyway, uh, this was fun. We'll see you next time on In the Pocket.